Now, still. Uh, here in this here in this place, which is very new for us, praise God for that, by the way, huh? Woo! Um, and you know what I like about this this chapel, uh, this 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 place of worship and venue. Just by coming in, you will know who's speaking. If the lectern is down here, you know a short person is speaking, okay? But if the if the if the podium is up here, then you know I think uh, Pastor Nate or Pastor Joey or I don't know Pastor Joey is here, okay? Will be speaking. Anyway, I I, I really praise God for this place. Um, there's no music in the background. Boop 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 boop. <laughs> you know, um, let me introduce myself. My name is Pastor Danny. I need to be introduced because. Um, there are some people here that I know very well uh, actually come to me and introduce themselves to me and ask me what my name is. You know, that tells me that I've been away too long. Okay? I, I'm glad to be back. Uh, I was away for a month and a half uh, in the Philippines. And so, uh, just to introduce myself, my name is Pastor Danny. Uh, Mrs. Sison, my name is Pastor Danny. Um, let me see. Uh, uh, Nate, my name is uh, Pastor Danny. Where's uh, uh, Paul? My name is Pastor Danny. I just oh Ulrich, my name is Pastor Danny. Uh, I'd like to see. I like. I really. I'm happy to see also Oli here. Okay, from the Philippines. Anyway, I'm glad to be back. You know, it's been it's been uh, four months since we started our series on. What? Hello? Yes. Intimacy with God. It's been four months. And that's a lot of time. And we will continue on with this series, even I think till the end of the year and until kingdom come. Because I believe this topic is such a powerful, fundamental, basic topic that you know, it will mean the difference between a powerful Christian life or a dead Christian life. And that's why I want to make sure that we are progressing properly and learning and becoming the kind of person we want to be or God wants us to be in a series like this. But in the midst of this, I don't like us to forget the reason why we exist. CCF in the Philippines, CCF wherever it is, it is planted, exists for a purpose. And this is the purpose. Can we read that together, please? To make? That's our purpose. That's our mission statement, so to speak. And I'm praying that all of us are progressing in that direction. When I mean progressing, I mean just it's happening because God is allowing it to happen. You know why? Because to me, making disciples to the third and the fourth generation is nothing else but a byproduct of being intimate with God. Do you understand me? If you and I will be so intimate with the Lord. You don't have to force it. Believe me. You and I will have disciples 
that will make disciples for the Lord. So don't force it. You know, we're not going to ask you, oh, how many people do you have now? How come you don't have any? And then here you go, shopping for people. You know, that's not gonna, it's not going to work that way. Just be intimate with the Lord. And you know what happens? You will automatically, by fruit, make disciples. Anyway, I thought I just want to remind you and give you a good feeling about what we do and who we are. Anyway, it's been four months, so let me ask you this question. Are you now more intimate with God? How do you know? If you say you're more intimate with God, how do you know that you are? Especially now versus four months ago when we started the series. Okay, let me, let me, let's do this for a minute, okay? Why don't you ask the person who knows you very well, husband and wife, you know who you are, okay? Ask that question. Am I more intimate now with God? Come on, ask that question. And then ask, why? Why do you think so? You cannot even look at each other and ask the question. <laughs> you see, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to make you uncomfortable, but I'm sure God may be nudging in your heart right now and asking you the question. Brothers and sisters, I love you all. And if there's one thing that we like as your, as your spiritual mentors, is that you become intimate with God. And it's my prayer that your answer quietly to yourself was that, yes, I'm more intimate with God. And if I ask you, how do you know? I hope you will have a good answer. Ah, basta! basta Do you know why you are intimate with God? You know, I would like to go back to that passage of scriptures that we use to start this series. And I hope to be able to make us see whether we have progressed in our journey of becoming intimate with God. And in that passage, you will see proofs. What proofs? Proofs of the presence of God in your life. In other words, you will not guess you will know if God is present in your life and you will know whether you are intimate with God or not based on this passage. So let's, let's, let's dwell on it for a while. Let's take a look at it. Open your Bibles to Exodus 33, verse 1 to 6. Those of you who would like to check it against your Bible, go ahead and do so. But I, I just place it on the overhead just the same. Okay, and this is found in Exodus 33, verse 1 to 6. Again, we're looking for what? Proofs of your intimacy with God and the presence of God in your life. And I want you to pick them up one by one and put them in your heart so that the next time you ask yourself the question, am I intimate with God, you will know the answer. Then the Lord spoke to Moses. The Lord said, depart, go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought up from the land of Egypt, 
to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, to your descendants I will give it. Verse 2, I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Termites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Jebusites, whatever those people are. Okay? Now, is this good? You know, as I look at this, it's good. Because God said, you go now to the promised land, and you know what? I will send an angel before you. If you were Moses hearing this, won't you feel good? You ought to feel good. And then if we continue, okay, in Exodus 33, um, verse 3, God said, go up to a land flowing with milk and honey. Look at this. For I will not go up in your midst. Because you are what? An obstinate people. I might destroy you on the way. Is that good or bad? Oops, all of a sudden, it was bad news. First, God was saying, you know, I will send an angel before you. Go to the promised land. Good news. And then he said right there in the following verse, I will not go up in your midst kasi ang titigas ng ulo nyo. No? You know, I remember what uh, the cousin of Lynette used to say. You know, I have gout every now and then. Now every day. <laughs> Sabi niya, alam mo, Pastor Dan, okay ka eh. Malambot ang katawan mo, pero ang tigas ng ulo mo. You keep eating the food that are bawal. You know, but kasi naman, aren't you going to eat that? You see, we are so stubborn. And that's what exactly God saw about the, the Israelites. Ang titigas ng ulo nyo, I will not go with you. When the people heard this sad word, they went into mourning. None of them put on his ornaments, for the Lord had said to Moses, Say to the sons of Israel, you are an obstinate people. Nandun na naman. Should I go up in your midst for one moment, I will destroy you. Now therefore, put off your ornaments from you, that I may know what I shall do with you. God is angry, but God said, you go, but I will not go with you. If you were Moses, you should feel bad, right? And then, the sons of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments from Mount Horeb onward. Meaning what? They're serious. They, they are also mourning because God said He will not go with them. And so they will do what God told them to do. And then this next verse and following will show you how the people appreciated the presence of God. Right? Now, verse 7, Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, a good distance from the camp. He called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. And it came about, whenever Moses went out of the tent, that all the people would arise and stand, each at the entrance of his tent, and gaze after Moses until he entered the tent. What were the people doing? Moses was going to meet with God, and the people were always watching what will happen, right? If Moses enters the tent, they will be there watching. And they will wait until Moses goes out. Because what? The presence of God is something important to them. It's an episode. It's like a teleserie that they are really following because it is important to them. Whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud, who is that? God. The pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent and the Lord would speak with Moses. Aren't you, aren't you, aren't you envious of this guy Moses? Because God speaks to him directly. You know? 
How special is Moses? When all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would arise and worship each at the entrance of the tent. How special is that? Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses returned to the camp, look at this, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. What does that tell you? Joshua goes with Moses. Moses enters the tent. Moses leaves the tent and goes back to the camp. What does Joshua do? He remains. You know why? Because he cherishes and loves what's happening. You know, the presence of God is so exciting for him. I don't want to leave this place anymore. Meaning what? He desires the presence of God. And you know, Moses desires the presence of God too. And, you know, then Moses said to the Lord, Remember, God said, I will not go with you because you are obstinate. Ano sabi ni Moses? Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Sabi mo, bring up these people, but you yourself have not let me know whom you will send with me. Moreover, you have said, I have known you by name. You have also found favor in my sight. Para bang, sabi mo gusto mo ko. Sabi mo favorite mo ko. Eh bakit mo ko iiwan? Ganyan ang tono niya. That's the way he sounded. Because he really was yearning for the importance of the presence of God. Verse 13. Now therefore, I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways that I may know you so that I may find favor in your sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. And then we come to the important passage, the heart of my message. Exodus 33. And here you will see what? The proofs of living in God's presence. Okay? Verse 14. And he said, God said to Moses, My presence will go with you and I will give you I will give you I hope you see that as one proof already of the presence of God in your life. I like that. And then, after hearing this, Moses, knowing his heart, God said, I will go with you. I'll give you rest. You know, look what, look what Moses does. Ang kulit. Then, he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, kasasabi lang, I will go with you eh. If your presence does not go with us, Lord, do not lead us up from here, huh? For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not by your going with us so that we, I and your people, may be distinguished from all the other people who are upon the face of the earth? Let's pray. Father, Thank you for the clarity of your word. Lord, my prayer for us, every single one of us here, Lord, is that like Moses, like Joshua, we will thirst and yearn for your presence in our lives. Lord, do not allow us to get out of this place untouched by your spirit. Allow us to live this place addicted to you and your presence. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So what are the proofs? What are the proofs of the presence of God in our lives? Let me share with you. Number one, you will be favorites of God. Do you like that? You are favored. Okay? If you and I know that we are intimate with God, Believe me, you will feel favored. What do you mean? What do you mean favored? The moment you step in here and you're speaking right away, the podium is down. That's favored, right? The moment you look for a place, because Garby Center did not want us to stay there anymore, the following week you'll find a place, and that's here, right? That's being favored, right? And you know, I'm talking of us as a church. I'm not even talking about your individual favor that God is giving you. And I know there are a lot of favors that God has given you. You're favored if you're intimate with God and if the presence of God is in your life. I'd like to be a favorite, don't you? Parents don't play favorites, okay? But I like to be a favored one. And then, in verse 14, we heard God said, you will be rested. What makes you restless? Ano kaya kakainin ko bukas? Do I still have work tomorrow? Will I be laid off tomorrow? What will make you rested is when you are provided for. Right? Have you seen Eliza being restless because Eliza is the little girl, the darling of CCF, the daughter of Elaine, struggling because I don't know what to eat later? She is rested because she's provided for and protected. That's what it means to be intimate with God. Favor, rested. Provided for, protected from. From what? From your enemies. Protected from anything that will harm you. Protected from danger. Protected from harm. Protected from anything that's not going to make you healthy. I like that. I want to be intimate with God. I don't want to leave this place anymore. And then more importantly, you will be distinguished. You will stand high above the rest. We, I like that. I like the way uh, Joey and Jojo lives. You know, they are so sweet to each other and I wonder why. I like that. You, 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 you all of a sudden rise above the horizon and people look at you and want to be like you. Because what? You are favored. You are rested. And you have God with you. They see it. Do you like that? I really like that. But you know what? That doesn't come automatically. It only comes when you are intimate with God. And these are the results of what? You become intimate with God if you know God's ways and you are called by your name. How does God call you? Atisu? Romy? That's nice. Because it's personal. When God looks at you, ano nga pangalan mo? If God doesn't know you, there's something wrong. You're not intimate with God. You think you may know God, but does God know you? You know, at the end of the world, when judgment comes time, many people will be surprised. 
They will be lining up thinking they're going to go to heaven. And then the Lord will say, depart from me, I never knew you. Wow, but Lord, I was attending CCF, I was studying discipleship group. But Lord, I was going, I was driving very far to go to the... You know, it's not about that. It's about knowing God personally. If God looks at you, Mike, will he say, Hi, Mike. That's what it is to be intimate. Does God know you personally? It comes from knowing God's ways. Do you know God? And in the process, does he know you? It comes from obeying God, also known as what? If you are faithful, if you know God, then believe me, you are intimate with God and all of the above proofs will be evident in your life. And then, the ultimate is what I call being Christ-like. If you're intimate with God, you will be transformed and become Christ-like. Remember, remember when we started the series, we talked about spiritual formation? Remember the definition that Edmund Chan gave? Let me just review it quickly for those of you who, who, are, not, who are not here with us. But it, it, it went something like this. Pastor Edmund Chan said, intimacy with God or involves spiritual formation. And spiritual formation um, is the intentional communal process of nurturing the spiritual person in the likeness of Christ by the power of the Spirit-filled life so as to fulfill the will of God concerning us. Spiritual formation is nothing else but what? Christ-likeness. And he, he said, and I want you to take note of this, guys, the gospel is not about transportation, meaning bringing you to heaven. It's part of it, yes, when you die, but the gospel is more importantly about what? Transformation, meaning christ likeness. So I hope when you ask the question, when, you, when the question was asked this morning, am I more intimate with God now than before? And when you were asked why, I hope your answer was, you know what? Actually, you are now more Christ-like than four months ago. If that is your answer, then you're in the right direction. One cannot be in the presence of God and not be changed. Okay? For example, Abraham in Genesis 17. Abraham fell on his face. God talked to him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. You shall no longer, no longer shall your name be called Abraham, but your name shall be Abraham. You see, God even changes your name. If you are intimate with God, God will even change your name. See? Moses changed. What happened? When Moses stayed with God for 40 days and 40 nights, what happened to his face? His face was glorious. His face was shining. Because one cannot stay in the presence of God without being changed. Don't tell me that you're intimate with God if you're not changing. Please, you're deceiving yourself. You ought to become more and more Christ-like if we call ourselves Christians and are intimate with God. Saul became Paul. And he was changed by the presence of God. Imagine this criminal all of a sudden became what? A faithful servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was changed. Now I know many of you will say, yeah, I've changed, Pastor, big time. That's good. But don't stop. 
We want you to keep on changing towards complete Christ-likeness because that's the will of God for you. Remember the lyrics of the song that we sang? For I am changed in the presence of a holy God. I asked Pastor Insong to include that song, by the way. And I'm really happy that he did because if he did not, I would have sung it. <laughs> Joey, you're laughing again, huh? You know, I would have sung it, seriously. And I am changed. <laughs> All right. Folks, if you look at yourself in the mirror, who will you see? Your face. Right? If you keep on seeing your face and you call yourself intimate with God, there's something wrong. Because my prayer for us is if we look ourselves in the mirror, we should see more and more of Christ. I may not have rendered this very well, but that's the point. I wanted you to see Christ as you take a look at yourself in the mirror. Husband and wife, are you changing towards Christ-likeness? Don't tell me yes, I will ask your spouse. Okay? The next time we see each other, I'm going to ask your spouse, is George becoming more Christ-like? And then if you laugh and cry, I know he's not. Okay? What if you do not see Christ and you just keep seeing yourself? You know what? I hope and pray that you stop right there in your track and begin to think, that maybe you're not really Christ-like after all. That maybe you're not faithful after all. You know what to do, but you're not doing it. Maybe you're not really knowing God and becoming intimate with God because you're not even opening your Bible anymore or having your quiet time or devotion anymore. And as a result of that, if you're not intimate with God, then you are not favored, you are not rested, you are not distinguished, you are not what the proof says. And actually, what you have is a proof of not living in the presence of God. It's a proof that you are not intimate with God at all. Now, let me ask you. Are you now more intimate four months ago than now? If not, what could be the reasons why you remain not so intimate and still outside the presence of God? I'm sure you have your own reasons. But can I submit to you the reasons coming from, I guess, scriptures itself? It's this. Maybe you're not convinced, again, maybe you're not convinced that living in the presence of God matters. Maybe it's not important to you. Maybe it's not vital and a must as the air you breathe. Can you imagine if the air supplies the stock? How much are you going to pay for air? I think you're going to pay for it like crazy because you know you need it, right? And I think that's the kind of mindset we should have when it comes to being intimate with God. We have to realize that intimacy with God is more important than the air we breathe. Otherwise, we will not be interested in being with God at all. Maybe it's all about you and you alone and you don't care about God at all. What's important is me. You know what does the world teach? I, right? Look out for number one. And that's number one is who? 
me. The world teaches you the opposite of what God wants you to be. And that's the reason why you don't even crave for intimacy with God anymore. Sad, but true. Folks, the reason why the world today is where it is, is because the world has been so powerful in changing the minds of the people, Christians even. To believe that it's all about them and not about God. And the moment you put yourself in that situation, we're in big trouble. Intimacy with God fades. Or worse, those of you who are attending the Bible study every Wednesday, Hebrews 11.6. You've memorized that, right? Can I ask someone to recite it? No, I'm just kidding. We do not believe that God is God who deserves the highest place in our lives. Hebrews 11.6 And without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is. He's God. He's not like you. He's not like your ATM machine. No, God is God. He's the maker of the universe. He created all things and all things came to be because of Him. You will not be here if He did not make you and me. And you better realize that. You know, I was just watching TV the other day on Fox News. And you know what I saw? There's a scientist called, uh, a scientist by the name of Higgs. And he said, how many of you saw that? He said, the God particle, right? They've discovered the God particle. And you know what this God particle is? It is the secret on how the world and the universe was created. Duh! I mean, particle? They call it the Higgs God particle. And this science this scientist is being hailed for having discovered that to be able to explain the creation of the world and put God aside. Now, if you were God, will you be with your people? These are obstinate, hard-headed people. And that's happening. This was last week. What is the effect of that? The Bible is not true. Right? And you know, man, we're headed for disaster. Are you in this situation where you yourself no longer consider God as God? If so, folks, stop right there at your tracks. Turn around. Because intimacy of God, intimacy with God will never be within your reach. Here's the critical truth that I would like you to, to understand. Critical truth. And you make a choice, okay? Until we realize that we need God's presence more than we need our next breath. Until we realize that we need God's presence more than we need anything in this life. Until we realize that, the, that only in His presence do we find all we need in life and more. Until, until we will remain in the wilderness of spiritual mediocrity. Far from our spiritual promised land. You understand what I'm saying? We have a promised land. And that promised land is what? Full Christ-likeness. Until you realize that you need the presence of God more than anything else in your life, you will remain a spiritual pygmy. And you will wonder why I'm not growing in God. You know, when electricity was becoming available in remote rural areas, it was just invented and the city was already electrified. Electrocuted? Okay. <clears throat> In the rural areas, there was this lady who wanted, to, the, who wanted to have the electricity so much. 
So she really worked hard to get the electric company put electricity in her home. She did everything possible and it worked. So they installed electricity and there was electricity. But the electric company was surprised and, and wondered how come the electricity consumption in, this, in, the, in, the, in, this, in that household was so little. So what they did was they sent the Meralco man, Meralco man Edison man, okay, <laughs> to the lady and asked, uh, Ma'am, is, is there something wrong with the connection in your house? Uh, is the electricity uh, working? Let me check. So she checked. The wiring is okay. How come you're not using electricity? Uh, is the power on? Is everything? Yeah. The woman said, of course, we do use electricity. We turn it on every night to see, to light our lamps, and then we turn it off. Yeah. They turn on the electricity, look out for the lamp, turn it on, turn it off. Kaya pala walang consumption. You see, we do this exact same thing when we apply the same reasoning to the power and the presence of God in our lives. Hello? We are connected to the power, yet we don't use the full power. Because that's because we're not intimate with him. Here's my proposition. Be presence driven. Say that to each other, okay? Louder. Okay. How many of you have heard purpose driven life? See? All of you have read that. In fact, CCF had a campaign on that and many people were saying, you know, there's nothing wrong with purpose-driven, but I submit to you, presence-driven is more important. Okay? Be presence-driven than just purpose-driven. Nothing wrong with purpose. You know, uh, we want CCF to become a disciple-making church. That's purpose. You know what? I submit to you, Without the presence of God, that purpose is not going to happen. I want to be the best husband. I want to be the best Christ-like wife. Believe me, that will remain the purpose. I want to overcome my, my temper. I want to overcome my addiction. You know, those are good purposes. But they will remain purposes without being present with God. You understand what I'm saying? So I want you to be what? Presence-driven than purpose-driven. Why? To reach the promised land. And that promised land is what? Full Christ-likeness. And not wander in the desert over and over again, remaining spiritual pingli or into spiritual mediocrity. How many of you would like to become Christ-like in its fullness? Really, raise your hand. I hope so. But you're not there yet, right? You know what? Here's a secret that I want to share with you. The secret is this. Be presence driven. Thirst for the presence of God in your life. And it will happen. I would like to introduce to you the presence driven man. Moses. Moses was so preoccupied with God's presence. Don't you agree? Huh? Don't you agree? 
And that's what we should be as well. Let's copy him. Moses would not go anywhere. Believe me, he would not move without the presence of God Almighty in their midst. And I hope that you will be like that. You know, I hope that beginning today, if there's something that you would like to do, you will stop and say, Lord, I'm not going to do this without you. Sana. And you know what? You will discover that you will be in the better position all the time. You know, rather than go ahead of God, ay, malik. I'll go back. By the time you go back, mali na lahat. Something is wrong. You made mistakes. And then you say, God, where were you? Eh, you did not even wait for me. You know? And you go ahead of God and you blame God for what's happening. Moses would not even go. Look, after verse 14, after God said, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest, what does Moses say? Ang kulit, sabi niya, if your presence does not go with us, <laughs> di ba? Do not lead us up from here. For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not by your going with us? Kita nyo? He is so presence driven that he will not go anywhere without God going with him. For Moses, being, being presence driven is far more important than purpose driven. Was the purpose of Moses clear? Yes. What was, what was the mission that God gave him? Bring my people to the promised land. Take them out of Egypt. Right? That's the purpose. But you know what? Moses knew his job description and assignment. But he will not go without God. You know why? Because purpose is not important to him. It is, but more important, the presence of God is. And I hope we catch that. You and I have purposes in lives. But do we include God in those purposes? Maybe we go ahead on our own. Pursuing God's purpose is important, but not without pursuing God's presence first. You understand that? You know, going to church is okay. Planning to be in CCF LA every Sunday is okay. Planning to go on a, uh, on a weekly Bible study is okay. But you know what? If you're doing that as a purpose to just satisfy yourself rather than be intimate with God and see God's presence in it, you're mistaken. It's not going to happen. Okay? You know, there are so many alcoholics you know, who know the Bible. Right? There are so many addicted persons who know the Bible. There are so many who are gambling and are into many things who know the Bible. They know exactly what God wants them to do. But do they succeed in overcoming it? No. Because they were simply purpose-driven, but not presence-driven. Because God is not part of their lives. You know, folks, if you will only include God in your plans, you will not be where you are right now. You will be farther away, closer to your promised land. I guarantee you. What made Moses presence-driven? What made him presence-driven? What did he see that we need to see for us to be presence-driven and not just purpose-driven. Here is my, my two cents word. Moses saw that God's presence, verse 16, is proof that God is pleased with them. Making them distinguished, special people who will be guided and cared for until the promised land. Here you are, you're Moses. You have a job of 
bringing obstinate, hard-headed, maritigas ang ulo people to the promised land. Do you think Moses can do it by himself? No way! He knew that very well. Lord, kung ako lang, ay iwanan ko yan, mamatay na sila. Di ba? Pero kung kasama kita, if you are with me, why? Because I will know that you like me if you're with me. And if you like me, I will know you will distinguish us from the rest of the world because I know you will take care of our people. Right? You see, Moses is wise. And I think we should learn from him. If our motive is, you know what? Lord, I want your presence because I want, I want me to be pleasing in your sight. And I want me to be distinguished. Not for the sake of being arrogant. Ibaho! No. But for the sake of people seeing me as a person walking with God. Distinguished. And he will, they will be guided and cared for until the promised land. Until the promised land. For Moses, clear purpose of going to the promised land was not enough. Moses wanted more. He demanded God's presence more than purpose. Moses knew God's presence would carry them safely onto the promised land right at the very noses of other people and their enemies. Right? And you know, Moses knew. I'm going to encounter many problems. But you know what? Wala lahat sa akin yan. Because God will be with me and I will walk right through them because we are favored and distinguished people. I like that. You know, your being determines your doing. Folks, consider what happens when people just have purpose but no presence. You know what happens? The flesh kicks in. What am I saying? You do it on your own power. It's something like this. How far can the flesh, yourself, go with just purpose on hand but no presence of God? My answer is yo-yo. You're on your own. Again, yo-yo. You're on your own, man. You're on your own is something like this. It's like putting the cart before the horse. And you're the one pulling. Okay? You think you will reach the promised land that way? No way, Jose. No way. You know, it's like, it's just like I remember the story of a, of, a, of a great football coach. You know, it's now football season again, right, Romy? No? Great football coach. He was worried about his star player. His star player uh, was going to be flunked and he was going to be declared academically ineligible. You know what that happens? If you are declared academically, you're out. So, but this coach wanted the star player so much, he said he's going to do something about it. So what he did was he found a way, he was trying to find a way to approach the professor who was going to flunk this star player to make an appeal. So he approached another professor. Professor, can you help me with uh, the math professor so that we can appeal for my star player? The professor said, no way. No way, I cannot do that. What do you think of me? You know what? Yo, yo, you're on your own. Okay? So this professor, being on his own, just went to the math professor and said, Mr. Math Professor, I am appealing to you. Uh, please, um, see what you can do with my star player. And the math professor said, you know what? Here's what I can do. Bring him to my office, your star player, and I'm going to ask him one question. If he 
answers the, that one question properly, then I will not fail him. I will pass him. Okay. So the star player, together with the coach, together with the math professor, were in the room, and the coach and the and the math professor said, "Okay, superstar player, what is two and two? Okay." The star player said four, and then all of a sudden the coach started to cry, being frantic and say, "Oh, please give him one other chance! Give him another chance!" Hello, that's a joke. You didn't get it, did you? Okay. What's two and two? The, the, the player said four, and then the coach became, became frantic and said to the professor, please give him another chance, give him another chance. Never mind. <laughs> Folks, consider how God's presence carried Moses and the Israelites into the promised land against all odds. Maybe this will change your mind. Consider, look at this. God's presence protected his people against strong enemies. What did God do? He used his swimming pool to kill all of the, of the Egyptians, right? That's power. God's presence guided and led the people by day. How? How? You see the pillar of cloud right there? Okay, by day. By night, what happens? A pillar of fire. That's the presence of God. God's presence fed his people. See the manna right there? Every day, they're there. But that was going to happen only with God's presence. And if they didn't like, they didn't like just manna, pansit na naman, araw-araw, pansit na lang ng pansit. You know? What did God do? God gave them what? Quail. God gave them quail for one month until the quail was coming out of their nose. Okay? Sige. Quail kayo ng quail. But you see, God's presence fed His people. What else? God's presence guided and governed His people throughout their lifetime. How? Through the Ten Commandments. That's a picture of God's presence. Okay? God's presence quenched the thirst of His people by providing water in the desert. How important is the presence of God, guys? With the presence of God, you will need nothing else. Everything else is there for you. So are you going to seek the presence of God now? And you know what fascinated me was this. God's presence clothed His people in the wilderness. Did you realize that? And you know, they were wearing those clothes and those clothes were not being worn out. And after the journey, somebody created a... Ano uh, 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 A store. It said, second-hand clothes. Only 40 years old. Okay? It's funny, but the fact remains. God in His presence provided and protected for His people throughout their journey. The presence-driven Israelites, look at this, reach the promised land. Yes? Those who accepted God's presence reached the promised land. But those who rejected God, when God was offering them the promised land, what happened to them? They all died wandering in the wilderness. Two sets of people. Those who, are, who, who believe in the presence of God, and yearn for the presence of God and those who reject God and they are yo-yo on their own. What happens? Wandering in the desert until they die. And my concern is this. The same can happen to us if we are not present. The same. 
we may not reach our spiritual promised land. Let me ask you, are you feeling like this? Are you feeling like you're going nowhere in your spiritual life right now? Seriously. No. I've been, I've been like this for the longest time. I've been trying to overcome this but could not overcome it. What does nowhere mean? Does nowhere mean you're rested? Maybe not. Does nowhere mean that you're successful in what you're doing and God is blessing you? Maybe not. But maybe yes. Okay? But for those of you who are in the spiritual wandering and are just going nowhere, you don't feel favored or blessed, what do you think is happening? You're not distinguished and you're not exemplary. You're just ordinary, but you desire to be outstanding for God. Being nowhere is like a wilderness experience where one is lost without a GPS guiding you. You're feeling desperate, even panicking, feeling doomed or even abandoned. You want an answer, but you cannot find an answer. If you're in that situation, listen up, folks. God's presence. In God's presence, there is guidance and there is deliverance. Amen? And that's all we need. Moses and the Israelites were guided by the pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. It's a visible proof of God's guiding presence. Without the movement of the cloud, there was no movement from the people. Deliverance. You know, the people that God favored, the people that were present or intimate with God, even the snakes cannot stop them. Imagine the Apostle Paul. He was bitten by a snake. What happened? Nothing. The Apostle Paul was stoned to death. What happened after that? Pagalis nila, tumayo. Nothing happened. I mean, if I were you, meditate on those wonderful experiences. Because if you cannot relate to how the apostles were experiencing the presence of God, maybe you yourself have not experienced God at all. And it's about time that you experience God in a very personal way so that you will say, God is real. And I want more of that. And I don't want to give up the experience that I have with God because God, God, you are special. You will not go hungry. You will not be exposed to the elements because God is your umbrella. You know, I like that. Paul and Peter, they were delivered from their enemies. You know the story in the Acts, right? So many enemies. They were chained. What happened to the chain? They fell off. Right? They were sleeping. And then, oops. And you know the reaction? Is this a dream? You know, many of us are like that. God is already right in our midst and doing something that we ignore and fail to experience His abiding and blessings because of His presence. You know why God was protecting them and delivering them? Because, because God was with them and he was pleased with what they were doing. They were preaching the gospel to the lost. If God is pleased with what you're doing, believe me, he will be with you and he will bless you. Don't just be spiritually purpose-driven. Be presence-driven too. 
Just as God's presence brought the Israelites to their promised land, fed, guided, protected, etc., because of the presence-driven Moses, okay, God will bring you out of your spiritual mediocrity to your spiritual promised land, growing into full Christ-likeness. And all you have to do is what? Be presence-driven. In the next six months or so, we will continue our study on the presence of God. And I hope you won't get bored because the presence of God is all we need. And I hope every message that is preached here, supporting the presence of God, you will, you will imbibe, you will drink to the fullest. Because that way, you will know and appreciate what it means to be favored, to be rested, and to be distinguished. That will only happen if you are presence driven. It is God's presence that will realize your spiritual purposes. I will go through this and I hope one of your purpose or purposes fall into one. It will be God's presence that will make you a Christ-like husband. It will be God's presence that will make you a Christ-like wife, respectful, submitting to your husband. It will be God's presence that will make you Christ-like parents, good examples to your children of what it means to be presence-driven so that they will become presence-driven themselves. It will be the presence of God that will make us Christ-like children. Children respecting and obeying your parents as unto the Lord. Children, I look at you right now. First of all, we thank you for being our children. But only God can make you the kind of children that are God-fearing because you are walking in the presence of God. Christ-like employees, doing what is right and best for the boss, the Lord, even when nobody is watching. Only the presence of God will make that possible. If you are an employer, be the Christ-like employer that you should. Triple the salary of your employer. Give them Obamacare, okay? Because God will provide. Christ-like disciples who will make other disciples. I can go on and on. And I'm sure your lists are there. But nothing's going to happen to your purposes unless you become presence-driven. Because if God is not with you, nothing is going to happen. What about a Christ-like church? Not just CCFLA, but a Christ-like church. Evangelizing, making disciples, making a difference, living radical Christianity that will distinguish us from the rest so that people will want to become Christians and not become Muslims instead. Folks, we have our work cut out before us. And the purpose is so clear. But we don't have the battery. And the battery is what? God's presence. I hope that you will really, really search your heart and say, from now on, I'm going to search for you until I find you and hang on to you for the rest of my dear life. Our being presence-driven makes us distinguished. Christ-like individuals and churches whose purposes are realized for the glory and honor of the Almighty God. I'll end with this. Let us be like, let us be like the presence-driven King David. Look at King David. One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life 
to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. Tell me, isn't that presence driven? He wants to be with God every single moment of the day. And I hope that we will become like that. That's why God was pleased with David. And that's why God called him what? A man after my own heart. A man after my own heart. Be presence driven to be more intimate with God. To be favored, rested, distinguished. And we can do this by what? Knowing God more and more. Bible studies, discipleship groups, devotions, you name it. Just go ahead and do it. Obeying God because that's faithfulness and then eventually resulting into your Christ-likeness. I hope that when you look yourself in the mirror four months from now, you will see Christ and not yourself. Again, be presence-driven, reach your promised land, and don't be spiritual mediocre. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. between you and God right now. If you are searching yourself and don't even know where to begin, but you want to be present, you want God to be present in your life and you want to be intimate with Him, maybe you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ yet. And you know, it's not going to happen to anyone. God will not go and be present with someone whose sins are not forgiven. And I, I'm challenging you this morning. Maybe it's time for you to give up your sins and ask Christ to pay for them by making Him Lord and Savior of your life. And that's going to be the beginning for your being intimate and even God being present with you. Between you and God, just say this prayer. Lord, I'm a sinner. I want your presence in my life because I want to be favored. I want to be distinguished. I want to be rested. But I have not experienced that because I don't have you yet and my sins are taking over me. Would you, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. You're the only one who can save me and pay for my sins. Would you, would you come into my life so that God the Father will come into my life and be present to me. So that all these things that, that your word has said this morning will become mine to claim. And if you're here this morning going and wandering in the desert and wondering whether you'll ever make it towards Christ's likeness, maybe it's time for you to repent and tell God, Lord, I'm sorry I have not believed in you as much as I should. Lord, I want to make a decision that you are more important than the air I breathe. And so, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for going ahead of you. And I, I, I just want, from now on, Lord, to walk with you. I want to know your ways. I want to find favor in your sight. Because I want to be distinguished for your honor and glory. Lord, make me that kind of person who will be presence-driven. 
Father, I just pray for CCF. I just pray for all the people here. I pray for all of us. I pray for all Christians in the world worshiping you right now, Father. I pray that this truth, the most fundamental of all, will become clear in every Christian so that they will reach their spiritual promised land and not wander in the desert of spiritual mediocrity. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The discussion questions are next. Praise God. Do you like the place? You think we're doing good for our first time here? Yes? So bear with us as... Uh,